It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're home alone. You have an uneasy feeling in the darkness, like someone or something is watching you. Why is it suddenly cold in this room? You hear footsteps, whispers, or even laughter. You go to check. You feel a presence behind you. And then the fear sets in. I'm K-Town, and you're listening to Paranormal Fears. Here's the thing. I was not a believer in ghosts, and I... I had no reason to believe in ghosts because I'd never had any paranormal experiences before. And so I was doing a ghost tour and I was actually telling stories that I did not believe for another company. I had been working in the daytime as a historical interpreter and they needed somebody at night. And so I kind of reluctantly said, okay, I'll do it for you. And I memorized all the stories and started taking groups of people out. Now, about two weeks into it, I had, uh, I would say about seven or eight people, and they were all taking photos of the same house, the house that I was talking about. And so, you know, I had seen that before, and uh, it was no big deal to me until one lady, one lady, she turned around and she marched that cell phone right over under my nose and said, look what I got. And she captured a ghost. And I had been looking at that building and I hadn't seen anything with the naked eye. And yet there it was on her camera. And the funny thing was that those other people that were there seemingly taking photos at the same time, they didn't get anything. She was the only one that captured something. So this kind of, uh, set me back and uh after a few more experiences like that several more times the rest of the summer and i gotta say it wasn't like it was happening every time i took a tour out but uh several different times this happened and by the end of the summer i'm a full-on believer in ghosts because i had seen people take photographs and i hadn't seen anything with the naked eye and yet they captured something on their cell phone so what I decided to do, because I was a professional photographer, was take my professional equipment down to Colonial Williamsburg and go to all the places that I had seen people capture images on their cell phone camera. And because I had excellent equipment, I thought, well, I should be getting pictures that are so much better than what they got. And unfortunately, that first night that I went down there, I didn't get one photo. So I was kind of bummed out. And it took me about another six weeks before I gave it another try. But that time, I captured something. And once I captured one photo, I was hooked. And pretty soon, one turned into 100, turned into 1,000, turned into 10,000. And after that, all my friends and family were saying, Hey, Tim, you should write a book because not only do you know the ghost stories as well as the historical aspect, but you've got something nobody else has, photos of ghosts. So I put together a book and uh, put out some queries, and I got a book deal, a free book deal, within a couple weeks, which is pretty much unheard of but it was something brand new to the paranormal field. So they were kind of anxious to publish it. And that's my story. That's my baptism into the world of the paranormal. 
That is awesome. Um, there's something special about you. I mean, because the average person, they don't get nowhere near the type of uh, f- photographs that you're, you've been able to get. I want to talk a little bit about your your actual equipment in case someone else wants to try this, go out and try this. Do you have a particular camera that you use to capture your images or have you switched out over the years? Tell me about your equipment setup. Yes, I've switched out over the years. So uh, I've, I've bought up, you know, I've gotten better and better cameras. So it's not the specific camera. Now I do have it, uh, adjusted electronically so that it can take the uh, photos in full spectrum. But that said, I've still had just as much luck, not only with the regular visible spectrum light, but as well with my iPhone 11. So uh, yes, your listeners, they can try any any type of uh, model camera. Now, I've got to say that there are things that will show up if you have a full-spectrum camera that will not show up on a visible light-spectrum camera. But still, if you're persistent, if you're dogged about this, you have a good chance at haunted places to capture something on camera. Got you. Okay, and and what's the darkest uh, environment that you can get pictures in, really good pictures in? Near dark, what? Well, there needs to be some residual light somewhere. You know, a street light, a light on the home that you're photographing, something like that, perhaps even moonlight to get the best photographs. And I've got to say that I believe that these spirits, these entities, are able to absorb and use this light to make an appearance because I've, I've captured lots of photographs in uh, partially lit places but if it's full-on dark out the chances go down precipitously and the reason being like i said that i believe that they use the ambient light in the area to make an appearance right because you have to remember these things are electromagnetic in nature so they don't eat like we do but they still need energy so you have to absorb energy from your surroundings. And I believe that one of those ways is the ambient light. Yeah, like they have they have to have an energy source in order to manifest. Makes a lot of yes. sense. Yeah, that's the reason why some people say, you know, these haunted houses, you, you get a lot of bulbs blowing out and all kinds of weird things happening with the electricity and the lights. Um, let me ask you something about that first um, you said the first picture you captured actually really motivated you to, to keep going. Where was it, and what did you capture? It was at the Bruton Parish Church in Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, and it was a face in the window. And it, I, I tell you what, it's, I don't know whether to call it a human face or an animal face. It's kind of ambiguous. But it was a face. It was kind of a bluish white in color. It has kind of glaring eyes. And it doesn't have any uh, facial features. For example, the nose or the mouth. You don't see anything like that. But you can definitely tell that it's paranormal in nature. And it kind of gave everybody that I showed it to the creeps. And yeah, that was the, that was the photo that got me started. And is that one online somewhere where people, cause let me ask you some, are your photos online or can they just view them on, you know, in, in your books? Well, I've got some of them online. I've got a, a blog at uh, Tim Scully and WordPress. But that said, most of the, uh, the photos are in my books. Now, let me add to that, that uh, a lot of times if I get, see, I have a ghost tour now at the suggestion, probably more at the behest of my publisher. And uh, during the ghost tour, I show people how to take photographs of ghosts and I show the most likely places where they can capture them. And uh, during my tours, I will often take photos myself if I feel the impetus. And so I post these on the uh, 
tour website as well as the uh, Tim Scullin author website on Facebook. And uh, and the reason why I started teaching other people how to do this, I've got to tell you, is that I started getting a lot of people that were saying, oh, these photos are not real, they're photoshopped. And so if I've got an small army of people that have taken their own photos by me showing them how, then that's going to be able to turn these naysayers into believers. And so I've had well over 200 people that have captured ghosts on my tour with me showing them how. And that way I do have this small army of not only believers, but people that have actually captured ghost photos themselves. That was a great idea, by the way, to start a ghost tour. I'm going to come up there and uh, take it myself. Um, where sure. do we take it? Where, where? Tell us the information about your ghost tour there. Well, it's called Ghostographer Tours. It's a play on the word photographer and ghost. And it's up here in Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia. And you can go online to uh, ghostographertours.com or you can also get to it through TripAdvisor, too. Got you. All right. So let's dive into your book here. Um, man, you've got some good, good stuff. Really good stuff. Let's talk about Thank the you. Roswell plantation. I hadn't heard of that. Um, first, give us some history about that and discuss some of the photographs that you captured in it. Because one of those photographs, like just a big bunch of alien, big bunch of aliens. Just amazing, man. Well, that place it's uh, in Gloucester, Virginia, the Middle Peninsula. So it's uh, about 30 or 40 minutes away from my house. And I went up there because I heard that it was so very haunted. And the evening that I went up there was a uh, moonlit night. It was near Halloween. And one of the interesting historical aspects about the Roswell Plantation was that the guy that owned it was Thomas Jefferson's best friend. And not only that, but Thomas Jefferson is supposed to have come up with the first draft for the Declaration of Independence in what's called the Blue Room in this gigantic antebellum mansion. Now, the mansion no longer stands. It was burned down in the early 1900s. The, the brick shell is there, and so are the ghosts. So well, I'm not sure which, which of the photos that you're talking about, but I, I went all over the place. I probably took about 300 photos that evening, and I put the best of those photos in the book. And for me, the most profound experience that I had there was right at the very beginning, right in front of what they call the Indian fields, which evidently the place was taken from Native Americans, and they had done some farming there before the pages took over this house. And that said, there was, I, I captured all of this activity right in front of me. And when I blew it up on my computer, there was this ghost of a woman that was right smack dab in front of me. And what was interesting is that a few minutes later that I was told the story of a woman called Letitia Dalton. Now she was, uh, I guess the best word would be a man eater. She was a, very good looking woman and knew it and used her looks. And so evidently whenever she was invited somewhere, the saying was that the men stared and the women glared. So evidently she was, how can I say this? Uh, shall we say messing around with other women's husbands? That was the story that was going around. And so that said, she met her demise, and some think it was somewhere on that property after uh, cheating on her husband, going off into the woods with uh, another gentleman that was at a party that they were having at the Roswell Mansion. So that said, 
this female apparition appeared right in front of me, right as I started walking down the Indian Fields Road towards the mansion. And everybody that I've shown it to thinks it's this woman, Letitia Dalton, the man-eater. The the picture is amazing. It's on page 74 for my listeners that want to uh, take a look at that um, in your book. That's crazy. And this is a clear picture. I mean, you could tell, you could see her eyes, her nose, her lips, you know, her face outlined, the hair, long, dark hair, and definitely someone standing behind her, some man standing right behind her. Wow. Um, that is just crazy. Um, let me ask you something. It's on page 77. I'm telling you, it looks like a row of aliens, just alien heads just lined up. I'm wondering where did you, do you remember that one? Where, I'm I'm wondering where exactly you captured that one. And what do you think about it? See, it was not quite dark out. And um, the story that I got was at the end of the day about dusk that um, you could hear the slaves coming back during the time that this was a plantation. And so I aimed my camera into the woods. So the, the reason why it looks so dark is not because it was actually dark outside because it was still um, quite a bit of light, but I aimed it right into the woods. And so that area was dark and it seemed as if uh, these were the ghosts of the slaves that were coming back in the evening after working in the fields all day. That's, that's my best guess. If you look at it, they look like skulls. So, well, uh, right, right, right. I, I don't know that they're aliens. They, they just uh, might be the human skulls that they appear. But uh, I've captured some things that are even more alien-looking than those right there. Really? Perhaps those yeah. those are the slaves that are coming in after a hard day of working in the fields. This is amazing, really. Um, and also, I mean, that area has to be so haunted, that Roswell area. You've also got a picture there, um, uh, where you took, this is a photograph you took over the Indian fields there. And you could see like all these streaks of light. And there's a woman that appeared in the bottom corner of your photograph. I mean, you can see her clear as day down there. Um, are you to tell me for a succession of photographs, how many are you take? Are you taking a bunch of them in one area uh, to Absolutely. capture something? Okay. Okay. And that's because ghosts are tremendously fast. You have to remember that they are electromagnetic in nature. And so I, I believe that they live at, shall we call it a higher speed than we do. And they're capable of a much rapider movement and so they are there for a split second and they are gone and so hopefully if you're taking a lot of photographs you can capture that split second that they are there and uh, that's the reason why usually when i go to a place i'll take between three and five hundred photographs just to make sure that i don't miss anything um, and for the photographs that you are capturing, do you ever go back and research for the history of the place and see, you know, if you can pinpoint exactly who that person is? Yes, I do that all the time. But uh, you have to remember back in the 18th and half of the 19th century that there were no photographs. It was only paintings. And the only people that could afford paintings were rich people. And so there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of success in matching the ghost photos to faces, but I have had success. And that said, if the uh, ghosts are more recent, I try to find photographs that I can match them to. And in some cases, I have been successful with that. All right. And um, the next one I want to talk about is Virginia Beach. You know, people don't usually associate hauntings with a beach but there's one there you have fairy plantation that you mentioned in your book and it's page 82 starts there on page 82 um is that plantation right there on the beach where is that located exactly in that area no 
one of the strangest places. I get to tell you the, the place. Well, the history goes all the way back to 1600, 1642 to be exact. But that said, this is a magnificent plantation home. And what somebody has done is the, some realtor has gone in and parceled off all of the land right around it. And so it is completely in a neighborhood surrounded by these high dollar homes. And it's, it's the strangest thing for a historical building like that to be in such a neighborhood, but that's exactly where it was. So no, it's not near the beach itself, but it, it is within the city limits of Virginia Beach. And what's the history behind some of those hauntings there? Because you got this one. Um, it's titled The Witch, The Trickster, The Witch, The Trickster, and The Painter with a Dirty Shirt. Some of the history has to do with uh, one of the guys there that he he went off and he fought in the Civil War. And uh, he had a wife, his woman woman was waiting for him and she kind of wasted away there. There's a lot of stories like that down in the South, both from the revolutionary as well as the civil war. And so well, that said, there's also a guy that was an old man that was a painter that uh, can be seen. In fact, a, a little girl saw this, the ghost of this man. And see, I don't have a photograph of the uh, painter to know for sure if I've captured him in one of these photos. But if you look on page 87, I did capture a man with a beard that resembles Thomas Williamson. And uh, I believe that he was uh, one of the guys in the civil war from that plantation. And, you know, again, this is, this is going to be up to people's own discretion, whether they think that these the ghost photo that I took looks like the uh, photo of the man or not. So that's why I put them side by side and let, let the reader judge for themselves, whether they think that that's the ghost of Thomas or perhaps somebody else. And you've been to that area as well, right? I mean, everything you have in your book, all the locations you've been to all these locations and um, yes. researched them all. It's okay. just me. Just you. Okay. You don't have a team I've done or all anything. The work and all the photographs. It seems like you have a team with you. I mean, you got a lot of photographs, but you do all this yourself, right? Yes. Wow. Um, I've, I've asked some people in my family and um, some friends every once in a while if they come out and support me, but uh, most of them are chicken. Oh, they really? Say that, uh, they don't know. They don't know how I do it because I, I'm out walking, you know, in these dark haunted places in the, in late night hours and taking photographs. And it just doesn't bother me, I guess, because I have a, a realistic approach to the afterlife that, hey, these people were human, too. You're not worried about picking up an attachment or anything like that? No, I'm not, but I I have to say that I do say a prayer before I go out to protect me. You do? Okay. That's smart. All right. Um, Have you captured anything, Tim, uh, over the years? Like, I mean, I know you capture, like, it seems like these people, I don't want to pass any judgment here. It seems like these people all lived a very long time ago. But what about people you think, you know, died recently? Have you captured any ghosts like that where you can tell that they're wearing you know, today's clothing or something like that? Absolutely. I've captured several in Colonial Williamsburg, and, and there, again, you would think that all of the ghosts would be 18th century, but I captured, to my shock and surprise, there was, uh, my first one was a woman. She was a uh, white woman with long, dark hair, and she had on a white blouse and blue jeans obviously something that's going to be 20th century. And so that was a complete shock because, of course, I expected everybody to be dressed in 18th century clothing, and and yet here she was. But I've got an even more interesting story than that because it, it come together. It's a bit serendipitous, 
but this story had to do with a friend of mine that uh, he belonged to a hunt club. It was about 30 minutes outside of Williamsburg. And he had told me that he's seen a woman in white is what he called her. So it was a, uh, a woman that would walk down the hallway in the house that they stayed at for this hunt club was an old farmhouse from the uh, 1800s. And so he asked me to come out and see if I could photograph that. Well, I didn't want to go out there because the place had no story to it. You know, I'm, I'm drawn to historical narratives and I'm drawn to places that have incredible hauntings. And so this didn't have a backstory that had any interest that I could use in any books or tell about in any interviews. And so I was kind of reluctant that uh, just because he was my friend, I went out there and tried to capture this woman in white. So I went out there. I took, again, a bunch of photographs, several hundred. And I come back home and I found several faces in the windows, but they were all men. And so I I sent him a note on Instagram. And in that note, I told him, hey, Kenny, I'm sorry I didn't capture your woman in white. These are the only faces that I was able to capture there. And uh, no female phantoms were showing up in any of my photographs. So uh, I'm sorry, I can only show you what I captured. And he must have been online at that at that same instant because he instantly mailed me back and he said, OMG, that is my best friend, Kenny. I'm sorry, his name was Kenny. That was my best friend, Dave. He went to that hunt club for years, but he died about 30 years ago when we were just young guys. And he died in a Williamsburg hospital from heart problems. And so he wasn't, his spirit wasn't at the Williamsburg hospital where he died. His spirit was out there at that hunt club, a place that he loved to go. And he went every chance that he could. And so quite by accident, when I'm trying to get one thing, I got something completely different. And I had not only Kenny, but four other members of that hunt club identify that ghost photo as the guy we're talking about. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. Um, how clear was it? Was it really, really clear? Yes, very clear. It was just a head, but he's looking out the window pane at me and Kenny as we're walking in, and it was right by the front door, and I'm, of course, taking photographs, and it was right there as if he was uh, watching us come into the hunt club. Do you ever get hired by a location, uh, maybe a building, or, um, uh, a historical building or something, that wants to know, you know, um, what's haunting or who's haunting the property. Do you ever get hired to do that and to provide that information? No, so for far, them? no. Okay. It's, you know, it's that same old thing where uh, uh, we're too smart or we're too intelligent to believe in ghosts. I believe. I think I think those walls are starting to fall down as more and more people capture a photo as well as video evidence of the paranormal. But still, those walls are up, and there's a lot of people that look down their noses, say they don't believe, and uh, say that uh, people like us that do believe in this uh, other side, that uh, we have a few screws loose. Going back to the photograph of the the guy you had a face in the window you were telling me about, and, the, and they were able to verify that particular ghost, um, do you believe that's a... Uh, that's a ghost that, or a guy or a human, let me see, let me see what I'm going to say here. Um, that's, this person did not actually cross over. Um, they are haunting that place or what's your, what's your thoughts on why he would actually be there? 
I believe that he has not crossed over or he wouldn't be there right now. Now, what I do know is that now this is according to people that are psychics, which I am not. So let me let me say that first off, that I've talked with a lot of people that do have psychic abilities, and they have told me that the uh, people that do not cross over seem to be there all the time, whereas sometimes a ghost is able to come back for brief moments and show themselves to their family, sometimes visually and sometimes through dreams, or communicate with them with one of the other senses. And uh, Yeah, they call them spirits. Spirits and then there's right. ghosts. Yeah, good. Yeah, everybody has a different name, don't they? Well, I, that's that's what I believe, you know, that, uh, that for the most part, the faces that I capture are of spirits or ghosts that have not moved on, and that uh, the ones that have moved on, it's a rarity for them to come back, but they do come back sometimes uh, at the behest of their family, sometimes if uh, their family needs them for something. Got you. All right. Um, have you captured any ghosts doing something like very strange? Um, I don't know what that would be. Um, I don't know anything out of the ordinary, like performing an action that would, you know, normally be uh, associated with someone that is currently living. Have you ever captured anything like that? I don't know that I could answer that, but, uh, let me let me tell you something about something strange that I captured. It's not along the lines of your question, but uh, what I do know is that uh, sometimes ghosts will show up when there are a lot of people. They like to be around a lot of people. And so knowing that, I went one Christmas Eve to that same church. Bruton Parish Church in Colonial Williamsburg. That's where I got my very first photo. It's an original building built all the way back in 1715. And I went there one Christmas Eve, and as the people were filing out from the Christmas Eve service, I was taking photos of them. They were looking at me like I was crazy, and I, I could care less because I wasn't interested in their photos. In fact, uh, if I get a, a photo of a person like that, I will black out their face because I don't have permission to use it. So that said, I'm looking for ghosts, and I'm seeing as many ghosts as people streaking out of that church on that Christmas Eve. But the most, most profound thing that I found there was a head and part of a body of a creature that looks like a red gargoyle dragon or something like that i'm suppose again each person looking at the photo would have a different word for that thing but it is right outside that door it looks demonic and it's there as if it's waiting for these people to come out of church and and i thought wow it's it doesn't seem like a demon apparition should be waiting outside of the church for people to come filing out after a Christmas Eve service. But that's what I got. And I was, I was blown away by that. So that to me was something really strange and seemed out of place. Oh God, to say the least, that's, that's scary. And so it had wings and all that stuff. Claws. Wings. I saw no wings. Saw no wings. It was mostly a head, and you could see what appeared to be one arm with talons. So it wasn't a full body apparition. It was uh, partial there, but it definitely definitely has a dragon like appearance or a gargoyle like appearance. And it was on the bench, but it was. The rest of the body was invisible and must have been through the bench, is all I can say. And is this but in the your bench, book? This is in my second book on Colonial Williamsburg. Gotcha. 
so not the book that we're talking about. But uh, it was as if that demon-like apparition was waiting for somebody to come out of that church. Mm, mm, wow. Oh, man. Um, and is that the only time you've cap- captured something inhuman? Or have there been other times? I mean, you've, you've taken thousands. No, there have been thousands. other times. Um, I captured something. All right. This, this is another weird story, too. There was a uh, there was a group of slaves that wanted to have a Christian church, and the only place that they could have it was in a stable. And this is all the way back in 1781. And so they started a uh, Baptist-like Christian church in the stable, and uh, it's not the original building right now, but it's marked that way so that when you go in it's like a memorial to this first baptist church it was one of the early christian churches for slaves and so i was out front and i was photographing it and now the ghost story that goes with this church is that there is an african-american man he will appear to people that are loud when they're talking real loud in the area of the church and uh, he will appear to them semi-transparent in the 18th century style of dress. So I'm talking about the uh, the knicker type pants coming to the knees, the long white stockings, and the blousey puffy shirt. So he will appear to them, and he will put his finger on his lips as if to shush them. Now he doesn't say a word, but usually gets his point so that was what i was hoping to capture in the windows when i photographed the place and instead i captured this bizarre alien looking creature it was yellow and uh some people have described it as a fishman that's about the best word that i could i could give to does not look human it looks alien it's yellow and um, it's clear as day and it's looking out through this uh, stable window right at me as if what are you doing here so that was that was a bizarre experience too with uh, something that i would say is alien paranormal that's crazy that is crazy anything like that um before ever like give you the creeps i mean have you ever captured like a demonic face you mentioned that other creature looked like a demon almost but have you captured something staring back at you that looked like it was a demon yes in fact uh in that book it's the it's it's a little bit blurry but if you look at the aquila church that's uh, up in about the middle of Virginia. It's an, an early church, Anglican church. And if you look there at the last photo that uh, I got there, it kind of looks like an evil skull or demonic apparition looking up. But it doesn't look alien like the, um, the creatures that I was just talking about. This looks more human-like, but it still looks evil. You can tell it's it's not something good. Yeah, what page is that? I'm trying to find that. Um, hmm. I am searching right now. Give me a second here. About 113. 113, okay. That's where it starts. And the face that I'm talking about... That's 118. 118, okay. Yeah. Oh, man. It, it's a little bit blurry. Yeah, there, yeah. Uh, it's, you can see the teeth and... Uh, you can still see the eyes. Evil yeah. looking. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, that's crazy. Um, is there... Let me ask you something about your... I mean, you've got several books. Um are you are you concentrating on are you branching out from 
you know, your current area, I know Virginia and, um, in that area, but are you planning on visiting maybe other states, trying to see what you can get in other places? What are your thoughts on traveling? Exactly. My next book, you know, it's been hampered by the COVID pandemic, but my next book is going to be me going all over the country. Now, I've already gotten about a dozen chapters and uh, I branched out of Virginia. I, I had to put three places in Virginia, but uh, that's because the photographs were so profound. But uh, I've been up to uh, Washington, D.C. I've been to Pennsylvania. I've been to Las Vegas, Nevada. I've been to uh, quite a few spots in Arizona. And the idea behind the book is I'm sure you've watched at least one of the paranormal TV shows. And ever since I started this project, this paranormal project, I expected that other people were already doing what I was doing, you know, because I seem to be a latecomer to the uh, paranormal field. So that said, I started watching these ghost shows, expecting to see that they would be getting similar pictures to mine. And for the most part, no, they're not getting anything like what I'm getting. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go behind the ghost shows. I'm going to go to some of the more infamous haunted places that have been visited by any one of these ghost shows. And I'm going to try to get the photos that they did not. And so that is my goal. And like I said, I've got about a dozen chapters written already, and I've been quite successful at that, you know, and I I tell you, one interesting story from this new book was I went out to Las Vegas and there was a fire in, I believe, 1980 at the MGM Grand Hotel there. And I believe it was 88 people lost their lives, something like that. And so I thought, well, that would be a good place to start because it had been visited, I believe, by the Ghost Adventures team. So I went to the MGM Grand, and I went in the area where they were gambling, and I started taking photos. And I took about five photos, and I was rushed by security guards. And not being a gambler myself, I quickly found out I'm not allowed to take photographs in a casino. And so they promptly kicked me out. But what was really cool is in just those five photographs, I captured a ghost in every single one of them in in that casino in MGM Grant. And one of the most interesting was a guy he was in blue jeans and he had a uh, white shirt on and sandals, long brown hair, a little bit heavy. And he, he looked like he was straight out of the seventies, but the back part of his head was missing. And Whoa. I quickly found out that the uh, Las Vegas, the city is the suicide capital of the United States. And I'm assuming it's because, you know, people go there, they lose their, uh, they lose all of their money, perhaps even uh, their house or their car. And they think they have no reason to, to live and they end up killing themselves. In fact, that's one of the first places where they put stops so that you can only open the windows like two inches. But yeah, I captured ghosts in every single one of those photographs, and I was in the wrong building. Different one, different ghost, or the same ghost? Different ones, or what? Different ones, different ones in every photograph. And uh, I found out that the uh, building that was the original NGM Grand that had burned down had been turned into another casino. And that this wasn't the one where the people burned to death. And so, nevertheless, I captured these these images of uh, 
people, I'm assuming that it committed suicide on the premises or near the premises after losing their money. And that's where their restless ghosts have returned. And I guess they think they're gambling every evening. That is amazing. I never expected that. I didn't think about Las Vegas. I mean, they have plenty of energy to manifest in those areas. And so sometimes, you know, you don't know that, you know, they could really manifest like they looked at exactly like us. I'm wondering, like, how often that actually happens, you know, that people actually see a, um, you know, a spirit and they don't know the difference. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we go, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell us, like, what's the, like, strangest, weirdest thing that's happened to you at these locations? It doesn't have to have anything to do with a picture, perhaps, but I don't know, maybe something touched you, pushed you, or something weird that kind of unsettled you um, at one of these locations that you take your photographs at. All right. Um, I've never told this full story to anyone so you're getting a first on this now i've told the partial story but i'll go through the whole story there is a road near williamsburg up here where i live and it's called crawford road and according to a lot of people it is one of the most haunted roads in the united states and it has a lot of history behind it to back up that premise and let me just uh, fill you in on a little bit of the history. First off, the road is in this wooded area, heavily wooded area. So it's in the middle of nowhere. And a part of it has the Yorktown National Battlefield, which is a national park. And the area that is around this bridge is where the French encampment for the Revolutionary War was. So evidently that it wasn't wooded back then, it was used for agriculture, and the French had were camped in this area. So that's during the Revolutionary War, and I'm sure that there are Frenchmen that died there. And it doesn't have to always necessarily be from gunshots or cannon shots, because back in those days, both the Revolutionary War as well as the Civil War, Camp Fever, because of the sanitary conditions in those camps was a major killer. And some say that more men died from that than they died from the war itself. So that said, come the Civil War, the Union Army was encamped there in the same place during the Siege of Yorktown. This is in um, April and May of 1862. So, again, I'm sure that there are Union soldiers that died there. Then, after the Civil War, because this place is so remote and desolate, the Ku Klux Klan is said to have uh, taken people and hung them there. And if all that were not enough, starting in the 1990s, it evidently became a place where criminal elements hang out and uh, deal drugs there. And so there have been four or five people that have been murdered on this road since the 1990s and other, shall we say, malfeasance that didn't end up in a murder, but it took place on this road too. So with all of that history, with all of that death in that surrounding area, there is a story of a young woman that is said to be so distraught over marrying a man that she didn't love that she goes to the bridge there and she ties a noose around her neck and drops from the bridge and hangs herself. So we went there and this time I had to have a couple guys with me and they were armed because of the reputation of this place. So I didn't want to be caught by surprise going to someplace by myself and have my camera and equipment stolen and who knows what else. So I had a couple guys that were willing to go with me and they had guns with them. So 
we pulled over right before the bridge where the, this woman was supposed to have hung herself. And I get out and get my equipment out. And while I'm getting my equipment ready, it was must have been about 30 seconds to a minute later, this other car comes zooming up behind us and stops right behind my vehicle. And these two young guys get out. And I got to tell you, they, they look like thugs to me. And so I was quite worried that uh, we were going to have a confrontation there of some sort. You know, they didn't look like they were, shall we say, really high on the intelligence scale. But uh, they looked like they could be thugs and that they were up to no good. So that said, one of the guys that was with me quietly went around the side of the truck and got in the vehicle right next to where we were talking. And he got his weapon out and ready just in case they tried to pull something. And so they came up to me and they started talking to me. And what I tried to do was tell them that, uh, that I was a well-known paranormal photographer that I'd been on radio shows and TV shows and that, uh, Lots of people knew what I was doing there to let them know that if I suddenly turned up missing, that there's going to be people that would come looking for me. So I wouldn't be an easy mark for them. So that said, and with the fact that they saw the other guy and they said, hey, where'd that other guy go? And they didn't know that he was sitting in the dark in the truck right next to them and that he had his weapon out. And so that kind of made them nervous, and they ended up leaving. So that was the first part of the story. I was already agitated, and uh, I, w- I was glad that uh, we we got through that confrontation with these two guys without, you know, anybody drawing any weapons or anybody getting shot. So that said. I went to the business of taking photographs of the area and I was hoping to capture, of course, the woman hanging from the bridge and I did not. So the photographs don't always go with the stories that, uh, that are out there, but I did capture this guy that he was dressed in a suit, but he looked quite evil to me. He was, uh, he was a white guy with um, a beard and dressed in, uh, shall we say, late 1800s attire, you know, Victorian area. That's what the suit looked like. And uh, he looked angry, evil, and staring at me. But that wasn't the thing. The thing that rattled us immediately after I captured that photograph was that we heard a woman screaming. But it wasn't on the ground where we were at. It seemed to be up in the trees. That seemed to be the direction that uh, the voice was coming from. And the woman screamed three times. There was about a minute between each scream. And the last scream, it sounded like she had given up. That's, That's the impression that we got anyway. And so that really rattled us all because of for me, I had never heard something that loud that was paranormal, and we could tell that uh, this woman was in distress, and we couldn't help her because, you know, we knew that it was a, a phantom, a ghost. I mean, no, nobody was up in, in those treetops screaming. So but just a, a few seconds later, one of the guys that was with me, in fact, it was the guy that had gotten into the truck, he... Uh, he looked at me, he grabbed my shoulder and shook me and said, we got to go. And this guy is psychic himself. And so I said, why? We just got here. I I need to take quite a few more pictures. He said, no, we got to go. They're coming. I said, who's coming? And he said, I don't have time to explain. They are coming. We have to get out of here. So if I wasn't rattled enough, from the confrontation with the thugs and the possibility of getting shot from them, this 
this encounter and the fact that uh, they were coming and I had no idea who they were. And he has never been able to explain that to me. He just said, I know that they were coming and that they were evil and we had to leave. So that was probably the most chilling encounter that I've ever had with the paranormal that, uh, that I could say as of this date. And you actually heard the scream. So did you get anything uh, recorded at that time? No. No, okay. I was concentrating, as I always do, on photographing because I'm, I'm the type of person that uh, has to see something. I want to see it to believe it. And so I never thought of that I would be hearing a woman screaming at that place. I, I was hoping that I would capture the apparition of this woman hanging from the bridge, which I did not. But instead, I got the vocalization instead of the actual image. Was it was it I'm scared scream or is it a, like a yes. death death scream? It was like There's I'm two different terrified things. scream. Yeah, and it sounded as if she was running away from it. Okay. Wow. So um, I I have to wonder myself if if she wasn't instead of she willingly hung herself because she was forced to marry a guy she didn't love if she was hung by who who knows who for whatever reason but that's what it sounded like from from what we heard anyway that is amazing there uh that's the first and last time this happened to you or has have you had any other something like that yeah yeah audible experiences like that yes i've i've had uh knocks and, and taps and things like that but this was profound the screams were loud they were terrifying and and to boot they were coming from up in the trees rather than down on the ground where we were yeah that's the that's the creepy part of it like uh, i mean like you were in some type of vortex for a minute or something you know something was crossing paths with your reality where you guys were at that moment in time. That was, that's crazy. Exactly. And I, I, to this day, wonder who they are that were coming that we had to get out of there from. Never knew who that was, right? Never got an explanation. No, he could never give me a rational explanation for that. He just said, I know. No, he just didn't know who it was. Let me ask you something. Um, I would be interested for, for one, if you could take, if you ever do that, a psychic medium actually going to that area and seeing what they pick up. But do you ever give your photographs to psychic mediums and see what they can surmise from the faces in them? No, I've never given them to them to to do anything like that because um, I just wanted to go by the history. I wanted, I wanted to stay as factual as I could. No, I, I do have a friend that is a fairly well-known psychic meeting. His name is Rob Gutra. In fact, you should interview him. Yep, I know you Rob. You know Rob? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had him on the show. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, in fact, he's the one that told me about the ghosts that uh, that r- remain behind and that uh, the others that move on, they are allowed to come back once in a while to visit their family. But that said, let me tell you an interesting story about Rob. When I first met the guy, I I went up to, uh, I was invited up to Maryland to speak, give a book presentation to his paranormal group. And so I went up there and I was setting up my table, you know, putting my books up, putting the uh, tablecloth down and, uh, as I'm setting up, this this guy comes over to me and he puts puts his hand out, shakes my hand. And he said, uh, "I know, I knew who you were as soon as I walked in here." And he said, "And I've got to tell you, the ghosts know who you are and what you're doing too." Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Rob picked up on that. He's yep. good. I mean, Rob's really, really talented. Yeah. So when people people ask me, do I attract ghosts? I said, I've got to say that I'm not psychic, but according to a psychic that I met, evidently I do. Well, you you truly have a talent 
uh, that you've honed in on, and I congratulate you on all the, the photographs you've gotten in your book. This one's called Ghost Photography of Haunted Historic Virginia Featuring Homes other Virginian presidents, uh, Tim Scullion, my special guest, Tim, tell my listeners where they can find out more information about you or any other projects you may be working on. Well, you can go to Amazon for my books. I have uh, three books. Well, I should say four books on the paranormal, but uh, one of them is a revised book on Colonial Williamsburg. See, I wrote my, my first book on Colonial Williamsburg in 2014, and after that, I got so many more better photos and better stories that I had to go back and put out a second edition. So I would recommend the second edition over the first edition. But anyway, that's at Amazon.com. Of course, I've got my Facebook pages, Tim Scullion Author, and uh, as well as that, I have the Ghostographer Tours site on Facebook, as well as the site where you can book a tour with me during the uh, late spring and early summer months, and that's guestographertours.com. And if you'd like to see some examples of my photographs, I have a blog, timscullinwordpress.com. Over 200 pages, and the, the pictures are phenomenal, really. Um, Tim, many blessings to you, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's great talking to you. Thank you for listening. I invite you to follow my other podcast, Mysterious Radio. Please share this show with others that are interested in the paranormal. I want to give a special thanks to our co-creator and executive producer, Kim Kyle, who brought this show to you today. And working hard behind the scenes, our team of four, I want to thank them as well. I am your host, K-Town. And you're listening to Paranormal Fears. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.